Jenny, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. No, it's, it's wicked. We've had, had a little chat beforehand and we've realised that we're very, very similar personalities. So it's, it's always nice to be speaking to someone that's on a very similar level. Yeah, it is. But it's, uh, it's, it's really always interesting for me to ever get a chance to chat with people that are that play on both sides of the fence in terms of like the coach and you're an athlete yourself. Because I think that mm-hmm. brings a very, very interesting dynamic to the, to, to the page. Um, but I understand like you talk about it as well. Like you didn't have like the traditional entry into like the strength sports world and whatever, but you kind of got hooked and addicted very, very quickly when you entered this space. And you actually had an incredibly fast rise to, to, to the high levels in strong women like absolutely incredible to see so kind of take me through i mean i know you kind of you did your uh it was kickboxing and stuff beforehand and whatever uh kind of got you into the gym space and then it kind of evolved from there but what do you kind of feel just gave you gave you that edge coming into these competitions because you fucking smoked some of those early comps like big time um i don't know really i guess like a solid background, not a solid background, but a solid foundation built with bodybuilding kind of style training. Um, I managed to pack on a reasonably decent amount of muscle before I started pursuing like the strength part of it. And I guess a supportive network around me, you know, my boyfriend at the time was, was programming me and we were training partners and he was very enthusiastic about it. Like, He's he was a big strong man, and I believe that strong man or powerlifting was something that he really wanted to pursue in his younger days, and he was able to kind of live it through me. So he he had my back and he supported me through it all, and he encouraged me. And yeah, um, I couldn't I couldn't have got as far as I did without him because I wouldn't have even stepped foot in a gym if it wasn't for him. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I am. Um... I think that that is that's that's quite nice that you, that you can come into that space and and kind of share that with someone else, and especially when that other person has like a little bit more knowledge than you, and they can kind of t- take the reins a little bit. It allows yeah. you then to really enjoy the process of falling in love with with weightlifting. And I, yeah. I kind of feel like for like for a very certain personality type, and I know that we're very similar, so I know that we were the exact same. Is that when you start doing it and you see those results, it's like a fucking drug, man. Like it's it's, yeah. it's, it's crazy what it does yeah. to your brain, and it just becomes <laughs> so so addictive. And I I think that's it's really really interesting to kind of see how that that then progresses, and and you start looking for those like the different stimulus because anyone knows that like having a sick pump up bodybuilding session feels great, but it's nothing compared to the high of being in like competition. You're, yeah. you're neck and neck first place and second place with someone else. And it's coming all down to mm-hmm. that last event. Like that's then like that next level mm-hmm. up. So coming into competing, how did you find it? Cause it's a big, big change in dynamic from training in the gym with just your partner. Do you know what I mean? Then there's yeah. a competitive element. Were you hyper-competitive? Are you, are, are you super hyper-competitive? Um, kind of. I mean, yes and no. I'd never really kind of got a taste for it previous to Strong Woman. Uh, I did have two kickboxing fights, but they didn't go very well. And yes, I was I was hungry to win, but at the cost of, you know, the integrity of my face, I wasn't that fussed about it. Yeah. And... Yeah. 
even even leading up to that in school I wasn't very competitive I wasn't good at I wasn't very good at sports so I just wasn't bothered but I found something that I was actually good at and that in itself is is encouraging and it's um, uplifting so you do kind of get hungry for for more and for competition and doing better and beating certain people when you know that you're actually fucking good at something for a change yeah yeah a hundred hundred percent I think that that's it as well isn't it it's like we like to double down on the shit that we're good at too so like moving on from that when you first came into it like I know you're 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 a fucking strong all-round athlete a hundred percent but coming in in the early days was was there anything that really floored you as an athlete that you're like I just fucking cannot get around this implement or or medley or whatever it might have been I mean I'm quite technically minded so I like to I like to look at things and analyze things with with thoughtful pursuit but the one thing that really fucked me over was was yoke carries I, I, I've never made friends with them um, a skinny frame a tall frame as well you know I've got really long legs and I'm prone to back injuries so we <laughs> were just not friends I just, I never understood it. I don't understand how people can do so fucking well at it. You know, watching Kristen Rhodes bombing it down the fucking lane with a, a 300 kilo yoga yeah. bag. Yeah, it's like both feet have left the ground at the same time. Like, she, she she's almost running with it and you're like... I, it's oh, insane. God. I just don't understand. I've never been able to wrap my head around that. You're either built for a certain event or you're not. And you can kind of cheat your way around certain things. But if you don't have the the leverages in the right kind of ratio and if you don't have the mass supporting that massive weight that's on your back then you you can't cheat it there's no there's no technique in the world that's gonna cheat you around that you know yeah no techers ever cheats you around biomechanics it just doesn't work it just doesn't work As a six foot eight man, I can preach that myself. That that that, that leverage is like <laughs> a big thing. Mm. It's like when it takes mm. me four and a half hours to hit depth on my fucking squat, and someone else has already done like twenty reps. I'm like, I'll be there in a second, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming down for like two hundred meter altitude. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so obviously. You came into the scene. You, you you blasted to the top. What what was the what was the year frame from entry to Arnold's? What, was it in the space of like three years, two years, something crazy like that? Um, two thousand thirteen was my first competition, and I okay. I qualified for Arnold's twenty sixteen, I believe, and I competed at two thousand seventeen. So yeah, it it was a quick turnaround. Maybe I even qualified in 2015. I'm not sure. I, I qualified a year previous or yeah. two years yeah. previous. And I was going to say that it was So maybe it was a yeah. was it four year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even then, that's fuck it, That's crazy. Tell me what, like, what does that do for you mentally? Because I know kind of <clears> you spoke previously that you're kind of a lot more extroverted now compared to how you used to be. Like, mm. uh, and this is kind of, you know, this is, this is the journey that you've been on, but, but kind of, you know, when you rise so, so fast and you get so many eyes on you, it can be really, really daunting. I feel like if you're not used to that, if you're not used to being in the spotlight, if you don't necessarily like that, that then it can kind of be a very, very weird dynamic. So how did you handle that kind of rise up to 
quote unquote fame, if you will, mentally, because I feel like that's that like a lot of people don't necessarily talk about that. Like, how, how did how did you feel in your own mind going through all of that? What did what did you learn from it? What did it teach you? Um, I guess it taught me to try and look a lot happier and be a little bit kinder in my words and stuff. <laughs> like I'm a, I'm a kind person in, in general, but you know, certain I'm, I'm very sarcastic and I've got a very dark sense of humor. So that's a lot of things can get taken the wrong way. Yeah. And, and I like, I would hate to upset somebody just because of something that was taken out of context that I've said. So I have had to learn to be a little bit wiser with my words. Um, but I mean, with regards to dealing with a rise to fame, uh, it's never really been a problem because I don't feel like I am. Um, I've got like a 5,000 follower on Instagram. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think that's dramatically famous. Um, people at competitions, will, I don't know who the fuck they are, but they'll come to me and they'll ask me for autographs or can I have a photo with you or can I just talk to you for a little bit? I'm like, yeah. This is this is weird, but it's always been weird, and I've never really understood it. But you know, people people look up to who inspires them, and I guess because I don't really have anybody that is a hero of mine or a role model of mine or an inspiration in the sport, I don't really get it. Um, the only one that is really pertinent is Donna, and she's a good friend of mine, so. But I think that that kind of that skews it as well, though, doesn't it? Like it's it's funny because, of course, you being with her on such a consistent basis as well, and obviously she's an incredibly high level athlete like yourself. You just kind of it's it's like the norm. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, it, it's the yeah. norm. But then when you go to like these expos and stuff, and it's like fucking Tom, Dick, and Harry that you have no idea existed, but has listened to everything you've ever put out, comes up and starts talking to you, and you're like, oh. Uh, this is different. Like I'm just putting out stuff and being me and doing my shit, and people are like, yeah. "Wow, I love it." And you're like, "This is a strange dynamic. <laughs> this is weird." It's weird. It is weird. Yeah. I guess it. I guess it has helped having Donna alongside me. You know, we've we've risen at the same time, and she's certainly taken the the limelight. But, you know, obviously because she's fucking incredible, and I guess that that's kind of made me realize, oh this is okay. This is quite acceptable. She's comfortable with it. So I'm comfortable with my like 30% of the, the traffic that she gets. Yeah. But I, I also think it's important to, to, to bring up like, and like numbers is numbers and whatever, but I, I don't feel like it's necessarily about that. I, in terms of the followers that you have, I feel like you, you and Donna as well, like you have a very loyal fan base that like, they know who you are they know what you're about and they love your shit. Like, it's not like these guys that have 20, 30 K and it's just because they're posting fucking topless photos and yeah. videos yeah. and showing this and showing that and whatever, like the, the people follow you, I feel like are much more valuable than a lot mm. of, than a lot of these other things. And I think there's something important to say about that, that it's not just all about the fucking numbers. And like we can get caught up in that quite a bit. And I feel like, you know, when we you're can, in sport, yeah. you, you do because you're like, well, that competitor, like I'm competing against them and I'm beating them. How the fuck have they got 10K more than me? Like, how have they got this brand sponsorship deal mm. and I haven't? And I'm like, and because we're all on our phones all the time and social media, like we just can't get away from it. Like you kind of, you can get sucked into that. So how, how have you found like that social side of things, that social media aspect? Obviously back when you first started, it was nowhere near as important 
or as big as it is now, you yeah. know, are people build like entire franchises just off of the back of the shit they're doing on Instagram. Like it's just crazy. So how did you find that? Um, what in regards to comparing what? myself to other people? Yeah. It's really something that I've ever done. Um, I kind of trained that out of me when I was younger and I'm not like anybody else really. So if I, if I can't gain the followers that other people do, it really does not matter to me at all. Um, uh, I, I have an understanding of, I look at things logically and I'm looking at Donna's following. Um, Chloe Brennan's a good example because hers fucking shot up one year. Um, you know, she's, she's really, doing amazing as well. She's really gained popularity and she's certainly gained strength and, and skill. So they're putting different things out there. They're more active on social media. There's more of a pull than there is with me, but it's not something that I'm seeking. So if I was to look at it and feel a sense of jealousy towards it, that's only my own doing because I haven't worked like they have worked. I haven't achieved what they have achieved. And it's not a reflection on me as a person, the number of following followers that I have. Like, I'm a certain kind of person and I'm a certain taste for for the public and not everybody can stomach me. So <laughs> No, but I think it I bet how crazy is that? I think that is the better way to be, is it not? Like that is the way we should all view this stuff. But I but people so. don't. They, they they don't at all. They get they they, they genuinely get like upset about the, this kind of stuff and you're like, hey, in the in the grand scheme of things, not that big of a deal. Not like like, like like we're talking about like we all have our limited amount of fucks to give in a day and mm. what you choose to spend that on is really yeah. really valuable <laughs> like yeah. we're kind of saying like we have very limited amounts to give so like, like we don't want to be contributing that to all these other useless absolutely not man from, from no way. today so i, I love <laughs> that you said that that's absolutely brilliant so I want to talk a little bit about the the dynamic for you from the the coaching and competing standpoint because I know you spoke about previously uh, when you went to the Arnold's that you found that, that in the run up to that like you found it hard because not only did you have the, the the pressure of competing and obviously wanting to do well and programming yourself but then you also had this fleet of high level athletes that are also competing at the, the similar standard or same competitions that you are. And just that, like, I know from a very limited amount of coaching I could do like that, that takes up a lot of mental headspace because not only are you thinking about all of your sort of stuff, you're thinking about all of their stuff as well. Yeah. You're constantly trying to make amendments and it, it takes up a lot of space up here. So, so I know you kind of, I'm right in saying that, that you sort out programming coming into right in the latter stages of the Arnold's just to kind of yeah. give yourself some, some headspace. So can we talk about that for a second? Like, how did you find that? How, how was it handing that off to someone else and being able to gain that headspace back? What did it do for your, for your training? What did it do for your coaching? I'm not going to lie. It was, it was difficult for me to ask. I mean, uh, I struggle to ask for help at the best of times, but Certainly when I'm really feeling the weight of the world on my shoulders, it's, it's a strange phenomenon. You know, when you're really struggling, that's when you're least prepared to ask for help. 
Um, and so certainly, <laughs> and certainly, like putting trust in somebody else when I had been the sole reason why I got to where I was. So, was it going to work? Of course, it's going to work. You know, it's it's standard shit. Um, it's just organizing training and passing it to somebody else means that they can actually take a deeper look into what I'm missing. Um, I would probably be less likely to add certain things in that I didn't enjoy doing, but were necessary. So a lot of conditioning style training occurred, um, much to my displeasure, but yeah, <laughs> Jack was, Jack was great. You know, my, my former employer, um, Jack Lovett, he, he's been doing it for so long and yeah, absolutely. Like I learned pretty much everything that I did about programming from him. Uh, or at least he pointed me in every direction that I went in. So, of course, it was going to work. And it was a re massive relief. It was a huge relief because I totally neglected myself. Um, yeah, I was burying myself, pretty much. Just, I had more concern with doing the right thing for my athletes than for myself. And knowing that I was going over there and there was, you know, a lot riding on it. Um, there was a lot of people that expected good things from me and expected a good result. Of course, in hindsight, that doesn't matter. But at the time, it really, really matters to me. Um, so, yeah, it was a massive relief. It was the best decision I could have made at that time. I wish I could have been able to say I am the only reason why I got to where I did you know, from my programming and my own training and my own brain and my own um, body. But no, in the latter stages of it, it was it was solely down to my efforts and, and Jack's brain. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really appreciative of that. It's, it, it's, it's funny that you say that, like, like you, you like you almost feel like you've done a di like disjustice to yourself, like <laughs> it, 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 in doing that. Wait, wait, wait. Well, I was so <laughs> close to the end, man, and then I just fucking threw it away right at the end. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're like, I want it, so. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I love that. That's why I love, like, you're getting really down about, like, you fucking, you came away with, with the win. Like, it doesn't matter at all. People no, are, like, just a little bit of sourness in there. Like, I love that about <laughs> you. That's fucking brilliant. So I was saying, yeah, um, like, now... Or, or, or even post Arnold's, including to up, up until current time, do you ever have someone in the background doing bits and pieces for you programming wise, or uh, are you going? Are you are you trying to go 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 just by yourself with any program that you're doing now? Like, is that, have you drawn the line? I, I kind of have, yeah. Like something changed when I stopped competing, and that was the goals had ended. My goals had always been this date, this competition, that was always my, um, what I was working towards. It didn't really matter about programming. It still doesn't because I don't really train like I used to. Um, yeah. 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 I, I think it's an important point to, to make as well is that for, for a lot of people, well, a lot of strength competitors, like you said, like you're, your next goal is whatever the fuck is in that competition 
like there is no like <laughs> there is no strong man strong woman like long-term athlete development plan that is like from year one to year 10 and these are all the checkpoints it's like okay well what are the what, what events are in this and what are events are in this and are these events suited to me and yeah. and, th- and then you go from that to that to that so i think even when you're programming yourself, you can end up narrowing and really pigeonholing down what you want to do. Because, mm-hmm. and again, even in the more amateur leagues, I guess, there are so many competitions going on that you can pick and choose the events that best suit you and mm-hmm. your strengths and just kind of bunny hop and bunny hop and bunny hop. But then, of course, then when you get to the big leagues and you, you come across an event that you suck at, it's like, well, I'm just going to have to suck eggs on this one. <laughs> um, but, but I know... Because you were you qualified for England's was it this year? I did. Oh, yeah. um, it, well, it was last year, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, but then there was there there was a few issues with like patella tendonitis and the issues and stuff that kind of stopped you moving forward. With that right? I, I, I believe that was probably just a little um, transmission from my brain saying you don't actually want to fucking do this. So here's an injury to stop you and give you an excuse to pull out so, i'm not interested anymore i don't i don't know why i keep doing this to myself but it's like i think and i feel like i need competition and i need that sport but i'm done with it like i enjoy coaching other people and helping them achieve what what they want to achieve or helping them get to where i was or beyond that and that's that's really thrilling and it's very fulfilling for me but i don't get fulfillment from me doing it anymore i'm I'm more in a stage of like trying to find what I actually want to do with my body, you know, in, in sport. I, I still, I'm a very active person and I enjoy being active. So that's really where I'm at. And yeah, training for me at the moment is just kind of trying to stay above average strength and look kind of like a warrior. So that's, uh, that's where I'm at. And I took up golf. I took up golf in the summer, and I've really enjoyed that because it's been a different mental challenge for me. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's, that's some like three D chess <laughs> shit. Is golf with with the, the, the mental state of things? That that yeah, that baffles me. It's bonkers. I don't even want to try and understand the fucking language that they seem to speak and the rules and stuff. I don't understand the game at all. I'm just trying to learn how to swing a fucking club and hit a ball consistently and then maybe try and get it to go in a straight line and then maybe try and hit it into a hole, you know, these things. I've got a coach, so Michael's pointing me in the right direction. And You know, I'm I'm not a dumbass. I know if I want to enjoy something, I'm going to have to get the right instruction. And yeah, absolutely. Give it to somebody else. If you, if you want to take up a new hobby, I think it's, it's to get enjoyment from a certain activity or, a, you know, a certain pursuit, but you can't enjoy something that you shit at. You know, if you just bury in your head in the sand and, and well, we can't. Dig it, dig it. No, I can't. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that either. It drives me fucking crazy. That's actually yeah. why I had to step away from playing golf because because it was kind of it was it was driving me mad. That I saw the one post on your on your Instagram. I saw one post of you swinging a fucking club. Yeah, that was it. That was, that it. was it. Okay. Yeah, like oh, but but again, because it's it's such a mental mental game and i'm someone that get like if i'm not good at something uh there's nothing i fucking hate more than being bad at something 
and like it's just I, it's the most toxic way to think about things yeah but i hate it and it's like when i get it a couple of times and it's like the, the, the thing with golf is like as soon as you think you've got it you haven't fucking got it and you're like yeah i'm good i'm good i'm good and then you start thinking about it and then it's like and then you hit fucking 20 shank shots and you're like you know what um, i'm just gonna go home my elbows hurt my soul hurts my pride hurts <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's really interesting point because I think not many people talk about this. Like when people step down from high level competition, like I think pe- pe- people tend to turn in like two different directions. Like they'll just keep on looking for like different things that they can do. Mm-hmm. And they'll just kind of go down that route of trying everything and anything because they just want to keep active. And that that is the hungry part of them. Or you have the people that were in it just for the competition and just for that high that come at the back end. And then they just fucking gain like 10 stone like they just become content with doing fucking nothing anymore and they're just happy with their lives so i I think it's interesting because i know you speak of the fact you have quite an obsessive personality so when you when you get in and you do something like like strong woman and you get obsessed with that there's like something that you kind of feel like you need to fulfill in yourself with with doing that and then trying to find that avenue in something else completely alien to you is is fucking crazy so how did you find like like stepping down because i know you took like a three-year breakout and then you kind of said that you were coming back and then and then we built up for it and then you like you said you kind of like actually you know, like, <laughs> yeah so but like how how did you find filling that mental void because i feel like for like so many people they they rely on that and and, and that's what they live for and this pandemic is, is kind of showing everyone that we kind of need to maybe have something else back there that, that is yeah. kind of that we're driving towards because when that's taken away from us what the fuck are you going to do now mm. yeah i mean i'm not gonna lie it was it was really hard and i've probably only really in the in the last year come to terms with it and i did have a slip up and i did you know enter the qualifiers and think that i was going <laughs> to and so it was it was actually something that um delroy mcqueen it was something that he said on a was it a podcast or maybe it was a yeah i think it was a podcast um and it resonated with me and it was just like what are you doing in lockdown are you training are you worried about losing strength and and stuff like that and he's like i'm i am not my sport i am not powerlifting that doesn't define me so I'm pretty happy taking all this time out because I've been fucking doing it for years and you know, that, that kind of shit. And I was, I, I wrote it down. I wrote it down in my diary when, when I was starting to write things down a lot, I started writing quite a lot of quotes and things that, that kind of sunk in and that made me feel, which is unusual because not an awful lot makes me feel anything. Um, so yeah, now I'm just trying to remind myself that I, I am not Jenny Todd's, Arnold amateur champion like that was me then that was just something I was doing but it's not me it's so it doesn't matter if I'm not doing strong woman anymore it doesn't fucking matter if I never step foot in a gym again in my life as long as I'm pursuing something that interests me and stimulates me whether it's mentally or physically yeah that's brilliant like getting there was was a tough it was a tough gig and that first year of coming out of competing, trying to kind of 
find my identity or let go of my previous identity. It was, I had a little bit of a, a breakdown, to be honest, and just kind of disappeared and stopped. It was shit. It was shit. And I stopped replying to all of my clients. I had, I had online clients relying on me and I just stopped replying to them. I stopped working. I still went to my, went to my job at Spartan, but I just couldn't, just couldn't deal with myself I couldn't deal with other people so I just kind of shut myself off from from reality and kind of internalized it was yeah it was a shit time yeah and it doesn't help that I was on gear and I came off gear I didn't take anything to kind of deal with that I didn't take any post-cycle um therapy so which is gonna you know I was kind of asking for it and it, it that, that stuff has a massive knock on your mental health. You feel awesome when you're on it, but you feel like a big bag of shit when you're not on it. Huge highs and even yeah. fucking lower lows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, I, I, I think when, whenever, whenever you've experienced something like that, I think it forces you to... Well, it doesn't force you to, but I think in most cases, you kind of, you have to take a real fucking hard look at yourself and you have to ask yourself like, what actually makes me happy? What am I actually getting enjoyment from? What is giving me this kick and, and, and where can I get it from? Obviously not talking about fucking drugs. Um, but you, you know, like what, what can I do to, to fill that void and where can I go to? And if it's all you've ever known, do you know what I mean? Like all these people have just grown up in a gym and they've been in the gym all their life and they're just surrounded by these people. They're never going to get those fresh new ideas from, from outside of that environment. So I think it is important, like you kind of talk about, like you doing golf. It's like, if, if, we, if we went back like seven years ago and we'd talk about you fucking playing golf, I bet everyone would piss themselves laughing because they'd be like, what the fuck? But like the whole evolution of us and understanding of ourselves, mm-hmm. I think that like that in itself is, is, is invaluable. So kind of coming out the back end of that, now you're doing a lot of coaching, you're, you're getting your fulfillment from that side of things. Like, do you feel that that you can now be i don't know be content with 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 that being your connection to the sport still and allowing you to go and do all these other things without kind of feeling like you you've left the sport entirely as it were yeah yeah um big yes is the answer to that so <laughs> probably it's hard like the adrenaline that you get from winning big competitions is incredible but what I experienced the following year when I was sat at my laptop in the room behind me watching um Donna and my client at the time and my good friend Sonny um competing Donna was at the Arnold Pro and Sonny was competing in my weight category for the same title that I won the year previous and they're both fucking nailed it. And I'm like thousands of miles away at home, just cheering and screaming. I'm a very quiet neighbor. And my neighbors must have thought, what the fuck's going on in that house? Jesus Christ. Uh, I was just out of my seat. I was screaming at the screen. And it was just so rewarding to see all of that work and commitment from both of them pay off in such a huge way. And it's 
it's not just them. It's not just the big wins. It's the little wins. It's seeing somebody fail a fucking deadlift at the at the England's qualifiers, and then ten weeks later pulls it like it's fucking nothing, just out of the blue. I didn't ask her to fucking do it. Yes, Abby, I'm talking about you. She she just went in and lifted it like it was butter, and and she's like that's really changed her mentality and it's really picked her up and that's what it's all about that's why I got so addicted to it because it changed me it changed who I was not not in a bad way obviously but it just it uplifts and for a woman to be able to pursue strength and see the the changes that it can make to your to your physical self and your mental self it's it's life-changing and it absolutely changed my life you would not recognize the person i was before i got into lifting you honestly you wouldn't i wouldn't have i wouldn't have agreed to do something like this because i was such a shy and unconfident person and this is what the sport can do for you and you know it's a team effort and i want to still be part of that team and i still want to be part of that community and i want to help other people kick ass and you know be the strong women that they deserve to be because it's mint it's yeah. life changing yeah. it's fucking excellent it's uh, it's cool and so i've i've been a pt working with like general population so since i was 18 so we're going about like eight years now mm. um and like yeah i i completely understand what what you mean for, from that like e even just from a gen pop standpoint when you have someone come in and they're very very shy and they're very timid and you start to work with them with weights and i don't know you just get them to to get underneath a heavy heavy squat or a heavy deadlift for them which for most people isn't much you know it could be like 30 40 50 kilos yeah you watch them shake and you watch them struggle and then you watch them progress and they come back and they hit that or they hit a PB and they just immediately turn around and look at you and just that fucking look in their eyes where you're like, oh my, like they, they have felt that, like that drug that I absolutely yeah. love. Like I can see it in their eyes. And when you get into coaching, like, like that is, that, that's like, that's like a whole different thing. So I completely, completely get where you're coming from with that because you build a relationship, or at least if you're a fucking decent coach, you build a relationship with that person. And then you understand where they're coming from, why mm -hmm. they're doing this, what mm -hmm. are their motivating factors, and like what is going through their head. And when you learn and you build a connection on that standpoint and you see them achieve and succeed, you can only feel like a little bit of that yourself because you, you understand that you have been a part of that process. And you have helped a shit ton of people get very far, you know, w w with this sort of stuff. You, you know, you've programmed, dare I say, probably some of the strongest women on the planet, like especially in, in these weight categories that, that, that have gone on to achieve incredible things. So I find it really interesting. Do you, do you have a formal background in programming, sports science, anything like that? <laughs> no. No, Absolutely. no, and um, that's why I, have, I fucking love this. I, absolutely I have qualifications love this that are pretty much useless. You know, I've got a level two fitness instructor certificate. I don't even have a level three PT qual. You know, I didn't need it. I just required the, the tick in the box for my insurance. So I didn't pursue it. It was bollocks. 
I did my fitness instructor's course and the fucking woman that was assessing me, I took my friend, my friend broke her back when she was 16. She's got a cage in her spine. So I'm teaching her, yeah, you know, the practical examination that you have to go through and you have to tick certain boxes. So I was not comfortable with any of the shit that I had to do because I'm sorry to say it, but you know, what's it called? Like what's active IQ? Yeah. I'm yeah. looking at the manual. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. IQ qualifications, they, they need restructuring and it's a lot of it is good, but a lot of it is fucking trash. And that's the standard for the industry. You know, no wonder we've got an awful lot of personal trainers in the world doing bad jobs because they've been taught poorly. You know, they've been taught the wrong things. And the most that I've really learned is just through watching YouTube videos from coaches that are in high regard and are experienced massively, not as experienced as these motherfuckers that started this uh, this PT qual. But, you know, they've, they've walked the walk and they've been in the trenches and they've figured everything out themselves through trial and error, not through scientific fucking approaches and and data backing things up but that doesn't matter that's done in a controlled environment it doesn't mean anything in reality to me it is trial and error and if somebody who has been working as a strength and conditioning coach for 30 40 50 years says that this works i'm probably going to fucking listen to them and not you know the instructors on level three personal training But like everything yeah. that I've learned has been through workshops. It's been through watching webinars, um, recorded seminars on, on YouTube, reading articles, reading fucking books and trying stuff on myself, on people that uh, I kind of trust not to fuck it up. And yeah, you know, you just learn through doing and that I'm not the kind of person to go through further education because I'm not an academic person. I don't retain information very well, which is why this is, this was perfect for me because I was my own subject. And when I started getting into programming, it was, it was through necessity, not desire. So I couldn't afford to pay somebody to do it for me. So I had to learn. And because I was doing it myself and I was feeling it, I then started to understand the process and I'm very, um, kinesthetic learner so by doing i'm learning and it's and it's staying in yeah so yeah Yeah. it's like i'm listening to my own fucking brain like it's absolutely crazy hearing you say all that stuff because i i completely agree i completely agree and you know like i i love that you bang on the fact that like yeah we we are as trainers in an industry that is heavily 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 saturated and getting more saturated every day with incredibly average to poor trainers and it's because and i use like the analogy of like driving a car like if you learn to drive a car and you're in there with your with your instructor and whatever like you build up confidence you build up confidence you take your test or whatever and then you pass and now you've got that bit of paper now the real fucking driving starts because yep. when you're in a hill incline and you've stalled four times and you've got 50 cars behind you or bibbing your horn, like no motherfuckers there to save you. You've got to get up nope. that hill yourself. And being a PT, I feel like is the exact same. Like you said, it's so easy to go in and pay a couple hundred pounds and do this course and become a personal trainer, which in my opinion right now, like you said, with the active IQ stuff is basically 
teaching people how to count like three sets of 10 and 12 like yeah what the fuck is that like actually do some real real learning about energy systems and things that are actually going to benefit these trainers but but when you come out of getting that that qualification that's when you have to spend your time in the trenches that's when you have to be doing like you say you're listening to your webinars you're listening to your seminars you're investing you're reading stuff because that's where the real learning starts. That's where you get to develop your own coaching personality because everyone that comes out of that qualification, it's the same qualification. You've all learned the same shit, which means you can all do the same fucking job. So you now need to distinguish yourself in that, that avenue that you want to be in and you have to develop more learning and knowledge like you would do on the roads and understand how to drive on the motorway and how to drive in increment weathers and how to do all this other stuff. Like yeah. it's, it's so, so, so important. So, uh, was there anyone for you that you kind of, that you really enjoyed listening to, or you found kind of gave you some, I don't know, profound insights into training. I know you started off on, uh, the gym, one of the five, three, one program, which mm -hmm. is absolutely mm -hmm. sick. And Jim's a fucking legend, obviously had him mm -hmm. on the show, show previously, um, and has some, some fantastic, brilliant very very true to the point insights on uh, on some training as well which is always nice but yeah was there anyone for you that that, that you really enjoyed listening to or, or you know learning from um so the the one that really stands out to me was um delroy mcqueen now i've attended two of his workshops and i learned like they were both the same but the ones you know if you listen to the same thing more than once you'll learn more than you did the first time. So you'll pick up something different. And, you know, his his method, the, the McQueen method, was something that I followed for a short while following that as well. Um, I believe I followed his protocol up until it was England's Strongest Woman 2016, I think. Um, there was a max squat and he discussed raps i've never used raps before we we discussed things kind of away from the workshop as well i, I messaged him and he, he gave me an awful lot of insight into how i could bring in rap squats uh, into my training on on top of everything else and fucking hell like following that that protocol following his program for the squat alone i put 30 kilos on my squat like that's stupid like these legs are not squatting legs but that was unbelievable and it, it was just yeah I, I'd, I'd probably say that the most that i've learned about training about assessing um the the compound lifts and linear progression uh, linear periodization especially is just a very simple approach which is the mcqueen method and i think he's an excellent um not just an excellent strength athlete, but you know, he's a, he's a wonderful coach as well. And he's very knowledgeable. Like he's been doing it for, since the dawn of time and he's done multiple sports, you know, he's a cool guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't just leave it there. There's, there's so many people that I've pulled information from and there's, there's no one person. I'd probably say if there is one person, it's somebody who's like a fucking magpie for information. And that was my former employer. You know, I, I learned a hell of a lot through him. Seeing his programs written every single day. And that was my script. So that was my, that was 
my script for work. So I'm repeating all of this stuff, but I'm retaining a lot of information as well. And I'm seeing the results coming in and I'm seeing his methods. I mean, I worked for him for four years. I learned a fuck ton from him. So let's, let's change it. I'm going to go back and say the one person that has probably made the biggest impact on my coaching education was Jack Lovett. Sick. Sick. That's very, very cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, both absolute geniuses in their own right. And well, no one really knew this, but after, so I did, I got into Strongman like 20, 2017, uh, won my first novice comps there. Then 2018, went into Inters, won my Inters comps there. I was meant to go into Opens last year and Delroy has been doing all of my programming. So, so yeah. Delroy was doing everything behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. I, I had him on for, for a podcast in the early, early days of setting this up. Um, and yeah, like I spoke to him, I was like, this guy just knows so much shit. And like, he's just so brilliant and concise and to the point. And he's like, he's, he's, he's one of those cool cats that like doesn't need to say more than he needs no. to say. No. It's like listening to fucking Master Yoda, honestly. It's like every single word has its place and you're like, if Delroy says it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and yeah, like it was brilliant because I came from doing like really basic static stuff. And I remember like the, the first program he was getting me to like bear crawls and all this random functional stuff. And I was like, Delroy, what the fuck is this? Like what is going on with all these crawls? And then, yeah, I, I came into doing my events training. And I was like, holy shit, I'm so strong now. Like where has this come from? And it's like, yeah, just all these different adaptations. Like you just... You, you cannot put a price on the knowledge that these people have attained over the years. Because you have to remember is that when you're learning from these people is that you are getting the compact, compounded version of everything they've known. Because they're not yep. giving you all the fluff and bullshit that they've had to throw out of their <laughs> programs in the last 20 years. They're just giving you the gold. They're giving you the fucking gold that works. And as a trainer... Then when you do that with someone else and they see that, they're like, is this person God? Like, how are you, how are you getting these results? And you're like, nah, nah, not me. Like, I'm just doing my shit, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit crazy. It is. Yeah, that was a good, that's a good point. You know, these, these people have been on earth for a lot longer than you and I have. You know, you're, you're even younger than me. Are you 26? Yeah, yeah. Damn. But you know, the amount of years that these other guys have been doing it for, it's it's condensed, it's compact, and they've picked the gold from everything that they've learned over the years. So it's it's very easy to get better at your game because there's just so much information in abundance around us and we're surrounded by a lot of very generous and very um very modest people who might seemingly look quite intimidating, but if you were to just reach out to them, they're more than happy to help. And it's, it's incredible. You know, how the, the generosity that these world-class coaches have, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. And I think it, we, we're kind of blessed because, you know, I'm really, I'm so fucking happy that we brought up a point about like the formal education stuff, because I think like now more than ever where people are more and more, I think people are beginning to doubt the, the impact of having like a university degree coming into certain industries, especially like this one, 
Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's really important to note that like, if you spend your time in the trenches, like if you go on YouTube and you go on Google and you go on like these very fucking basic search engines and you start researching this sort of stuff, you can accumulate more than a university degree's worth of knowledge on any one particular subject because there is so much information out there and people are put, putting stuff out on the internet every single day trying to get the advantage over people, trying to gain more subscribers, giving you more in-detailed, in-depth better analysis, higher analysis, like of all of this different stuff. So if you spend your time, you can fucking learn pretty much anything you want on YouTube and Google. So do you need to be getting like 43 grand in debt to go and do this sports science degree when we could be learning from all these sports scientists that have YouTube channels and podcasts and they're giving away all this shit for free and they're not giving you the buffer stuff that you don't need to know. And I think like you are like the living embodiment of that. Like when you can do that sort of stuff and work with such high class athletes that you do, it just goes to show like a lot of this stuff I feel is overrated. Massively so shit. Oh. If I could turn back time and not have wasted my fucking time and money doing that certification, I would have, but you know, it had its reason and it, it it's required for me to have, um, insurance so ugh, i just don't know why that's an industry standard it's, <laughs> it's a low barrier for entry so then those guys can make money but let's not get into yeah, to, 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 to all of that sort of shit otherwise we're gonna get down a really 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 deep rabbit hole um but i'm, I'm gonna wrap it up you know i wrap up the podcast the same way with absolutely everyone because i find it's a very very interesting insight into everyone's brains i want you to imagine for a quick sec that you are stepping into a time machine, you're going back in time, you get to visit yourself 10, 11, 12, 13 years of age, you know, like lots and lots of stuff to, to, to happen in your life. You have all of this knowledge, you get to spend a few moments with them. What wisdom do you impart? What mantra to live by do you give to your younger self? Like, what do you, what do you say to help your younger self get through all of like this crazy shit that you know is going to come in your life? Well, I've thought about this because, as you know, I've listened to a few of your podcasts before I came on here, <laughs> which is just as well, because otherwise you would have stumped me with that. Um, I'd probably say just keep doing what makes you happy because it works out in the end. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. You know, as long as you're pursuing happiness, what what bad can happen? You always win, right? It's a, it's a yeah, win-win just, situation. Just, be fucking kind, do what makes you happy, and it's all good, man. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I love that. That's so sick. Absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute fucking pleasure. Absolutely awesome. And when the world gets back to reality and expos happen and events happen, I'm sure at some point, hopefully, we can uh, we can catch up in person. Cause, cause oh, that, absolutely. That'll be, be ace. That'll that. be ace. Yeah, 100%. Thank you so much.